Today's About Last Night podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial. That's incredible. Nothing but free for you guys. All you have to do to get your free audiobook download is go to audiblepodcast.com slash A-L-N. That's audiblepodcast.com slash A-L-N. Hey everybody, it's Brad Williams and Adam Ray for the About Last Night podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by White Cloud e-cigarettes. We're not saying you should start smoking, but if you already do, awesome. And if you've ever wanted to try an e-cigarette, these are the ones to go with. White Cloud e-cigarettes offers over 20 flavors. That's almost as many as Baskin Robbins. 20 flavors and 6 nicotine strengths. It's cheaper than other e-cigarettes that you'll see at convenience stores and with much more variety. White Cloud e-cigarettes sponsors comedians they've been doing it for over two years now they've also sponsored uh comedy festivals like the boston comedy festival and the orlando indie comedy festival if you've ever been curious about trying an e-cigarette i have well the fling is the low cost no commitment way to do so and the fling offers same day ups shipping on orders before 6 p.m eastern but is there a website? Customers can go to WCESigs.com. That's WCESigs.com. But we want to make sure our listeners get them for cheap. So is there a coupon code? To get 25% off of the order, use the coupon code ALN Podcast. That's ALN Podcast at WCESigs.com to get your White Cloud e-cigarettes today. And now enjoy a brand new episode of the About Last Night Podcast with Brad Williams and Adam Ray. Huh? Hey everybody, it's Adam Ray for the About Last Night podcast. Thank you so much for listening and subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen to the podcast, aboutlastnightpodcast.com for all past and present episodes. We're loving doing the podcast. Obviously, you know that. We do it every week. Um, You guys listening, tweeting at us, emailing us, continue to do that. Continue to rate and subscribe on iTunes. Give it a five-star rating. It takes two seconds. And comment on the iTunes page. That helps us climb the charts and take over the podcast world. Today's episode is such a fun episode. This is a guest I didn't even assume was ever a possibility, because even though we've had some killer people stop through uh, the podcast, I didn't ever contemplate this as an option, but our dear friend Melissa McCarthy and Ben Falcone, sweet people, movie stars, work with this guest uh, so much and put in some really nice words that made him feel comfortable to do only his third podcast. I think he's done Mark Marin's one other one, and then the About Last Night podcast, so that's pretty fucking great. You know this guy from the hit CBS show Mike and Molly, you know him from his killer stand-up. He's a juggernaut of a comedian, uh, an incredible actor, and an even better dude. And he stopped by the podcast, and I'm talking about the one and only Billy Gardell, baby. Billy Gardell comes through and delivers, man. This was such a fun episode. We talked about his, uh, his, his origins growing up in Pittsburgh. How he got into comedy is incredible. The story of how he met his wife is just like the sweetest story ever. It'll probably make you cry. Almost made us cry. Uh, How he got Mike and Molly, too. It's just a really classic story of this business is so fucking crazy. And you just never know what's going to happen or when it's going to happen. And you just got to be persistent, man. It's uh, I really enjoyed getting a real uh, honest bite of of the Hollywood sandwich (laughs) from this episode. And Billy couldn't have been sweeter. We all uh, we, we clicked all immediately. Brad and, and Billy had uh, minimal uh, dialogue exchange. I think at a morning radio 
uh, show when they were both in town doing stand-up somewhere, and, and Brad asked them, and Melissa put in the sweet word, and we got to sit down with them. And uh, we couldn't have enjoyed it more. We wanted to sit down, and <laughs> we wanted to talk for hours, and uh, we just couldn't, but uh, hopefully we'll get to do it again soon. But Billy was a great dude and so funny, and uh, you're going to love the shit out of this episode. Follow Billy on Twitter at Billy Gardell. Uh, BillyGardell.com for all his stand-up dates and Mike and Molly comes back in the fall so make sure you watch that shit uh, follow me on Twitter at Adebrae Comedy follow Brad on Twitter at Funny Brad you can see Brad Williams June 11th through the 14th Richmond, Virginia Brad Williams is coming to the Funny Bone June 11th through the 14th in Richmond, Virginia get your tickets at FunnyBone.com and then right after that June 18th through the 21st Syracuse, New York Brad Williams at the Funny Bone in Syracuse, New York June 18th through the 21st. Get your tickets at funnybone.com. Adam Ray, well, I'll tell you where he's going to be. Santa Monica, the Westside Comedy Theater, June 4th, June 7th, 8 o'clock and 9 o'clock shows. Get your tickets at westsidecomedytheater.com. Uh, come see me on June 4th and June 7th in Santa Monica. June 9th, I'll be headlining the Irvine Improv in Irvine, California. Get your tickets at improv.com. That's an 8 o'clock show. Irvine Improv. June 10th, I will be headlining the Madhouse Comedy Club in San Diego at Excuse me, almost threw up at 8 o'clock, uh, June 10th, San Diego, Madhouse Comedy Club. And right after that, I'll be headlining the Beachwood Comedy Show in San Diego, California at uh, 10 o'clock. And that show is one of the best shows in San Diego, uh, quite honestly in Southern California. Our buddy Josh Nelson runs that, and he's built it up into quite the juggernaut of a comedy show. Can't say enough good things about it. Josh Nelson, the Beachwood Comedy Show in PB, Pacific Beach, that's happening 10 o'clock, June 10th, San Diego. Come see me headlining. It's going to be a killer show. Uh, and then, of course, Scottsdale, Arizona. I'll be at the Scottsdale Laugh Factory June 26th. I'm sorry, June 25th through the 28th. Come out and see me. Scottsdale, Arizona, the Laugh Factory, June 25th through the 28th. Get your tickets at laughfactory.com. And finally, my hometown club, Parlor Live, Bellevue, Bellevue, Washington, baby, July 9th through July 11th. Parlor Live, Bellevue, Washington, coming home. Uh, new material, new shows. going to be a blast. Get your tickets at ParlorLive.com. And, of course, before you come out to our shows, go to EstoyMerchandise.com, E-S-T-O-Y, Merchandise.com, and get all your ALN podcast needs. We got mugs. We got shirts. The Titanic shirts are selling like hotcakes. The Roni and the Quave shirts, you guys have fucking bought a ton of those, and we love it. Roni and the Quave, of course, from the Andrew Santino episode. Go back listen to that. You'll know why Roni and the Quave is so damn funny. And then get your shirts and come out to the shows and support the podcast physically, in person, with yourself, with your ALN merch, and we will sign it. We'll love it. We'll hug it. We'll kiss it. <laughs> that sounded like the worst, like, platform campaign for some sort of podcast president. You come out to my show, I'll kiss you, I'll hug you, I'll bite you, I'll fuck you, I'll sign your shirts. Vote for me. Come see my shows. Um, thank you so much for listening again and subscribing on iTunes. Keep telling your friends. Keep telling your family. Keep listening on iTunes. Stitcher. Give it a five-star rating on iTunes. Comment on the iTunes page. Now that we got all the tour date info out of the way, that's all the merch info. Those are the Twitter handles. Ladies and gentlemen, sit back, relax, and enjoy a very fun episode of the About Last Night podcast with the one and only, the hilarious Billy Gardell. Well, the weekend's over, so it's time to chat about it. Got a midget and a juice, so why don't you sit down and listen to a dope podcast during lunch, dinner, or breakfast. Brad Williams and Adam Ray are here for you any time of the day, so come on and treat yourself right.
It's about last night. I taught my mom how to copy and paste five days ago, so you're. All right, walk me through it. Just walk me through. It. <laughs> <laughs> Still trying to figure that out. Hanging on my computer with a rock. No. Are you at least like moderately tech savvy? Um, my agents have to call me a lot. They're like, did you get those emails? I'm like, nah, I didn't. I didn't really look that up. I look a little bit of sports stuff up on the internet. Yeah, yeah I'm not yeah. bad with the texting. I did good with the texting, right? We were pretty you, you, about you, that. You, you did great getting back to me. I did good. Nice. I did good, yeah. I'm not, I'm not very tech savvy. Well, I think it's also, it just, I mean, we all dealt with, we lived our lives before all this stuff. I so. did, yeah, man. I, mm-hmm. I certainly did. It's been a painful, uh, a painful adjustment. adjustment for me, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, I so mean, when you saw the iPad, your mind was like, "God damn it! What just, is this?" I just have to trust that my eleven-year-old isn't looking at bad stuff. Because if he was, I wouldn't. There's no way I could track eleven-year-old boy. Yeah. Let me just tell there's you, there's no way I could track it. Down. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I I'm, no, I no idea. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to break this to you. He probably is. Nah, I don't think so. <laughs> no. Nah, he's not. He's a good kid. He's not a deviant like I was. He's like a really good kid. Like I met with his teacher yesterday and they were like he's the most incredible citizen I'm a like, citizen wow man holy crap yeah what is he like a, super kind he got where, his mother's jeans where does he live in gotham he's, well, a, he is, he's man. a citizen he's super super cool he's just like really they love the way he interacts with other people and that's all his mother oh, really? I know, well when i was in school man i was just staring at the door how <laughs> how can, what, how what can i get I out of here it's gonna get it was like hogan's heroes every yeah day. it's like how can i just how what do i need to get outside that door? yeah and now and that, that was going to school in uh pittsburgh or florida i went to uh uh pittsburgh i guess we've started yeah yeah <laughs> we, oh yeah we do um i like that very easy um i i grew up in pittsburgh and then uh, my parents got divorced right before high school mm-hmm. and then uh right around ninth grade and then we went to uh no eighth grade and then we went to uh orlando because my mom had remarried a guy who <laughs> thought construction was going to be big in florida hey so that was a i mean fun white trash adventure <laughs> Down I mean, in the uh, city of Orlando. I, I think I think White Trash Adventure was a failed ride at a yeah. at a Disneyland. No, it's actually a perpetual ride that goes around the park. It's the perpetual. So instead, yeah. so instead of the lazy river, all it's just the, the White time. Trash Adventure. It's a like pathetic world after all. And it it's a pathetic <laughs> world. And if, you, and if you look to your right, you could see a rat tail with yeah. a tank top, and it's December. Florida's got Florida's very strange. Like I really love Florida. I loved growing up in Orlando too, because we did we did like the school year in Orlando mm-hmm. and then my dad would put us on a Greyhound bus me and my brother and my sister and we would go up to Pittsburgh for the summer so wow. we had it backwards we, we were opposite yeah I was gonna say like, where could it, where where could we be hottest <laughs> where, could, where could the fat kid just sweat the most that's oh, what dude, we were yeah. looking for so and then you know we, we got through it though it how uh did, my folks split when I was nine I'm always curious and I had a bunch of buddies though in high school who yeah. had it happen and they seemed just I mean Still, kind of like, oh shit, but not uh, less affected, and uh, but then still, the whole like dating and remarried thing was what's really, I think, for any yeah, kid. Yeah, it, it's horrible. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely atrocious. Look, some people are supposed to be divorced. Yeah, mm-hmm. my parents were supposed to be divorced. Yeah, at that time, they were not supposed to be together. They, it just didn't work. 
you know, mm-hmm. but you don't know that until you're 30. Yeah, right? Yeah. When you're 15 and you're just kicking in windows somewhere and you don't know why, <laughs> you haven't really processed yeah. that. Yeah. Gotcha. You haven't gone, they did the best they could yet. Yeah. You're like, yeah. stupid, I quit. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dumb. Yeah, yeah. Dumb. Yeah. And that's who I was. <laughs> I single-handedly broke up probably three of my mom's relationships. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I just couldn't handle it. Seeing her the first no, time. it's brutal, right? Yeah, it's the first time like seeing her kiss another dude outside of my window uh but then there were a few of them where she was like i'm glad you fucked that up because yeah I, i'm glad i did not end well, up with that guy i think too a mother does her best man she's yeah. looking to keep a roof over the kids heads totally it's hard to rationalize that when you're a child you just see a different dynamic yeah you're like you know my dad yeah yeah and then if they're a douche it's twice as bad yeah you know? oh the guy would come out and try to shoot like i was uh yeah. still am a big basketball fan and I, we had a hoop and i would shoot Every day, like in the rain, just all the time, and he would always come out anytime he'd come over and try to like you know his way of like bonding. And like now, I look back, I guess like you know he had to make some sort of an attempt to connect. Sure, but a he had a terrible shot. <laughs> and as a ten year old, I pick up on that immediately. No I'm attraction, like, man. dude, no was wearing. You, if you're shooting in dress shoes, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. What but he can't be in a driveway in slacks. No, yeah, dude, he, he's trying yeah, to do a jump shot in penny loafers or yeah, something, dude. And he like <laughs> doesn't work. And he grabbed the ball and did like some weird. He tried to do some weird dribble move before he shot, yeah. and it was like he. I think he knocked the ball into just the grass. Too hard. I'm just watching him, <laughs> and then he like, finally give shoots up. and misses. And I just remember holding the ball and looking at him, being like. I think I'm going to shoot by myself for a while. Hey, thanks mind. a lot, bro. Yeah. Thanks, you, thanks a lot. Not. not dad ever. <laughs> uh, I mean, now now when you come down, when you move down to Florida in the in the eighth, ninth grade, that's yeah. like, that's high school time. So, it was so terrible. Yeah, so just, being the new kid. Couldn't have been more of a nightmare, man. We didn't have any money. We lived in a little place called Union Park, which is a very, uh, you know, a little rednecky area. And uh, the high school, we were zoned to go in because like each talked about this before but each like area of you know the poor kids oh you always get the the nice high school takes a scoop of them yeah Mm -hmm. thinking that that's some benevolent gesture (laughs) when you're just dooming them to judgment for the next five years of their lives because we went to you know we came down from pittsburgh with no dough you know tough skin jeans and crooked teeth like we were done from the start wow right so going into winter park was like you know kids that are 16 and getting bmws for their birthdays and you're like i just hate everyone (laughs) around me yeah so um it didn't work out real good at that school until i found the drama department Oh, yeah. I found a great teacher over there who I still talk to all the time. That's awesome. Who actually took me seriously. And then what was great was all the weird kids were in the drama department. Yeah. And I really, I, I loved, we were really like the breakfast club. You know, we had a, we had a, a guy who was a, a football player whose dad just was. Against know, you're, it. You're going to play football. Mm-hmm. You're playing football. And his love is acting. And he's acting to this day. And I think it's because of that group. Wow, there's a lot of our groups. Like Ben Rock came out of our group who. Helped produce and write the Blair Witch Project when that came out. And he's doing all sorts of stuff now. And a couple of my other buddies are working actors. And we all talk. And and it was that that little cave of weirdness where nobody cared that you were a weirdo. Right. That made it very comfortable. It's incredible, isn't it? I I had the same thing. And it really, I will never, like, doing those plays. It was all musicals and a few plays. But it was, like, such a different. It was everything. I mean, it, you almost just felt like, how do, like, I felt uh, um, sorry for people who didn't get to be, because I was like, I just feel like it's such a special yeah, group that just finds, yeah. and you don't realize how, uh, you know, necessary that is in high school until you, huge, you know. Huge, man, huge. And to have a bunch of kids that, that, that didn't judge you because they were just as weird as you, that yeah. was such a gift looking back. Yeah. Because everything else in high school is just mostly kids worried about 
that you they're worrying about what everybody thinks while they pretend they don't care what anybody thinks, yeah. and that's a torturous <laughs> time in life. No kidding, it's yeah. exhausting. Yeah, so you, you just find exhausting. I mean, that, 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 that takes up so much time. Haven't gotten by that. <laughs> I mean, I mean it, I feel for him. Well, that you, that and you're out here in Los Angeles, and that's kind of like oh, still we're, like we're, still the mentality. We're in the land of narcissism. It's unbelievable. <laughs> me and my wife call it the me first state. Yeah. You just see somebody cutting you off. Me first. No, you go ahead. Go right ahead. Yeah. Whatever you're doing is so much more important yeah. than what I would Soon doing. it'll be the selfie state. You're wonderful. Soon the state flag of California yeah, will just, just be a, a selfie, of, a selfie. Of, the, uh, of the Napa Valley. That's it, man. That's it. Look how wonderful we are. Yeah. We've run our industry off and we're out of water. We're just so cool. Fuck. Pat ourselves on the back. I know, man. Yeah, yeah you're right. Everything, got, it, I mean, yeah. uh, now, but you live here now, right? I do. I, yeah. I live in a valley where uh, people with families families live yeah oh, okay you hipsters are over here in hollywood like <laughs> gotta that. be we're so close to the clubs you're close you're right yeah. down yeah it's yeah. down the street right? but i know uh like most lives in toluca lake right yeah Ma- yeah melissa's in toluca lake well i, I think she's moving to yeah she's, she's oh that's gonna, right she's gonna but that's like uh the clampets that's being built <laughs> i can't reveal the location yeah. or I of course, killed, of course. That. that area though is so great it's unbelievable we love it man i my family we love the valley we always have my kid went to uh dixie canyon elementary school I think you got a text, man. Um, my my my, uh, my son went to Dixie Canyon Elementary School, and uh, we were real happy with it. And he goes to school over in the valley now, and we love it. It's close. It's, yeah, you know, twenty minutes. I bought a house about I don't know, not even a mile from the first apartment I lived in. No kidding. But that's the thing about California. You yeah, know, it's apartment mansion. Yeah. Right. You take house. Yeah. You take one turn. House. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's all scattered. Orlando's yeah. a lot like that too. It's, oh really? Well, you see tractor, and then <laughs> all of a sudden you see Porsche, and you're like, I don't understand. How you don't. Do you get both. Yeah. It's like that Yahtzee bubble. You just hit it. And you're like, oh, okay. Washing machine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, yeah, and then I, I, I guess living out in the valley, uh, you won't get so much judgment with that. Uh, I saw you had a '56 Chevy. Um, uh, no, I catch a little judgment from the uh, oh, really? from the green people. The green people are oh, very happy them. about it. Because it's a loud car, 389 too. with bored out heads and a double carburetor. Oh, wow. Yeah, I have, to, I have to park it face front into the garage because mm-hmm. <laughs> when you fire that thing up, the, the, uh, the fuel that comes out of the back, the pipes, will, will literally stain the wall black. So I have to like roll it out of the driveway and then fire it up. But it's a classic. How do you get? Yeah. How do you? When does your fascination with cars begin? That's got to be just from the get go. I got no. I got it from being a road comic. You know. Um, Mm -hmm. You know. Back in my day, when we went (laughs) town to town. You know, and there was all the clubs were owned by single owners. Yeah. It wasn't like the, right. Was the improv, the funny to, bone? Well, it was, it's all corporate now, yeah. pretty much. I mean, you know, there's still the B rooms out there, but there were A rooms that were just independently operated. Yeah, now. right. And it, it was always about the cars. And me and a buddy of mine, Kevin Rogers, uh, had a friend in Florida, in Tampa, Lou Angel Wolf, and his brother had a car dealership. And uh, Lou would always say to us, "Make sure you get a Florida car, kid. Get a Florida car." Because he was right. It was going to be a big, giant car, mm-hmm. and it was going to be driven by an old person who goes to the store and back, and you know the husband's hiding from the wife, so he's checking the oil every day. <laughs> yeah. So you'd find these giant yachts that were yeah. in pristine condition for two grand. And wow. then you could drive that thing all over the country. Gas was 90 cents a gallon. So, right. You know, and in a big, giant car with a pork pie hat on, nobody right. gave you a second look. Yeah, exactly. Doing something bad, no yeah. one knew. Doing yeah. about eight miles to the gallon. Just crushing it, man. <laughs> Just a dry. I had a 1984 Delta 88 Brome. And that was my favorite. That was my favorite car to this day. I might need exhibit from Pit My Ride to definitely explain what that is, <laughs> it's, unless it's, you can do that for me. It's a gigantic land yacht Oldsmobile. 
It's oh, okay. four door. You could just put a crew of six guys in this thing. That's awesome. And with, for, with yeah, for being a road comic, that's that's exactly best. what you need because you have your life well, in you that car. You got everything in the yeah. car. Yeah, man. We'd have our radios and a hot plate and you know clothes and <laughs> CDs when you had to carry your music physically. Oh yeah, for those days. God, I know. Remember <laughs> Sam Goody? Yes, I do. And I had to get. I was a big fan Rest of Sam Goody. Exactly. Rest in peace. We man. had uh, we had our atlases folded. Every road comic had their atlases folded under that. Wow, no GPS. You no had to GPS. just fucking figure it figure out. Figure it out, yeah. man. And sometimes those roads didn't coordinate. Nobody came on and went, road closed up ahead. <laughs> you just got halfway yeah. down and went, bah! Yeah, Banana peel up <laughs> on the next yeah. turn. You're like, I only have enough gas for, oh, shit. Would you miss those days? Would you miss gigs because of some... Uh... I missed two gigs in mm-hmm. 25 years. That's incredible. And both of them was because I was drinking with a buddy. But twice in 25 years, that was it. Wow. Yeah, you were... Like you were the definition of a road of, of a road. I comic. was a road beast, yeah, yeah, for a long time. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, very I'm lame. I'm, I'm it sure took a when, lot of work to get very lame, and I enjoy it. Yeah, hey, enjoy that yeah. exactly. Like I, I'm sure when Mike and Molly finally finally hits for you, did, did you ever have a moment where someone was like Billy Gardell o- overnight success, and you wanted to just oh, choke yeah, the nah, life out of him? You can't get mad at people; <laughs> they don't know, you know. But it right. is funny; they'll say, "So it just happened, huh? Just happened for you." <laughs> so yeah, crazy. 20, 25 years of fighting off the fear of taking care of family, getting rid of booze, trying not to kill myself at a one-nighter. Yeah. Just walked into the improv and signed up. <laughs> they signed oh, and up and for just TV. as a perk, they put me next to the biggest movie star yeah. in the last 20 years. Yeah, just because I asked. Yeah. Yeah. You don't ask, you don't get. It's not yeah. worth explaining. You just go, yeah. Yeah, yeah a- absolutely. That's that's exactly what happened. That's I mean, exactly I, 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 They wave a wand over you down <laughs> at the improv. Yeah. It's like a thetan meter from Scientology. It's like a fame meter. They yeah. go, yeah, okay, you're ready. Yeah. I mean, we <laughs> love Scientology <laughs> and completely support anything yeah, and everything right. they do. Right. We, oh. we don't want to get killed, right? Oh, Please yeah. don't sue us. Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, uh, so, the road for how many years? Twelve. I did the road from. Um, I started in 1987. Uh, December 28th, 1987 was my first open mic. Got wow. out on the road around 1990, mm-hmm. and then was. Uh, up in New York from 90 to about 93, got my ass handed to me. Really? Sent back to Florida, did a lot of Florida Southeast gigs, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, Atlanta, Louisiana, Alabama. Then moved from uh, Florida to Atlanta, then from Atlanta out to Chicago, then from Chicago out to here, landed in LA about 97. Wow. Oh, God, then did another around. 10. Yeah. And then finally got a break. Now, when you say you did your, uh, you got your ass handed to you, what about your act in New York? Oh, I'm assuming was. Yeah, I just wasn't ready. And yeah. I thought I was mm-hmm. super funny, but I was, let's see, 21. Yeah, like you don't. Manhattan, like I know something. And this is the early 90s when New York <laughs> was comedy moron. was, was yeah, booming, oh, yeah. Absolutely. I caught the tail end of the peak. Mm-hmm. I caught the tail end of the peak where the greatest education, I think, other than getting on stage a lot, because that was the other gift. Every, sure. every city had two clubs. Every club had an open mic night where they were nurturing guys so right. they could get to be good comics. And at that, that week, whatever club you were at, always had a great headliner, like a guy who really knew how to do it. Yeah. You know, Dom Irera, yeah. Hicks, Kenny Rogerson. You know, you'd even see Kennison back in those days. Oh, shit. Dice would do the clubs. And all these guys were great at what they did. Mm-hmm. And so you could watch these guys and go, wow, that's, that's how you do that. 
And so the education of watching these cats was what was invaluable. Just absolutely. It's just as important as getting up and doing it. I, I think feel so. Like. Watching good comics is important. Right. I mean, you look at every, I mean, you know, I always compare comedy and sports, but it's like, I mean, no, all is. these guys like Jordan, like they, Bird, they watch right. the guy. I mean, and, and you, know, you learn, you learn your voice from watching these guys. Totally. Because you, know, you, you figure out what you like. How, you learn, you go, I like the way that cadence works. Now, what would be my version of that? Totally. How, right. how, do, how do I say what I want to say? Yeah. And that's a long journey. It's was also, it, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Was there, was there any specific thing that you, that you could think of or either a comic or a line or cadence that that you saw that I was borrowed like a lot early on i borrowed a lot from uh a never material just personality sure, sure. you're learning to be and i love when you meet comics and they're like i've never had any influence anywhere <laughs> okay well just throw <laughs> away all your music and your movies to you dick <laughs> yeah. yeah um no my my influences early were um tom rhodes nice who was a great comedian another road dog uh I road animal yeah yeah and then uh, i mean and his gigs would always blow our gigs away you know like, well sure like and you'd, you'd be going like i'm going to alabama and tom would be like yeah brother i'm going to paris <laughs> oh, yeah wow. he's international all right all right but him and then uh i drifted away from him and and i tried to be like bill hicks for about a year. I think a lot of comics did. And Just too much for me, man. I yeah. Couldn't, couldn't fill those shoes. Couldn't couldn't hold that anger. I well, was, it wasn't that angry. Right. right. And the thing is with Hicks is that if, if you try to be him and you're not that smart. you got to be smart. Yeah, it's it, it's going to come off horrible. You sound like a lunatic. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, you sound like an angry lunatic. I mean, yeah. he, 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 he was, was poetic. Go, exactly. Right. And, and he would go for such long periods of time without getting a laugh, but knowing that he had that line and coming. It, and it was coming. Right. Exactly. And then, uh, and then I got away from him, and Ben Creed was a huge influence in helping me find my own, my own voice. Uh-huh. Okay. And that guy really learned. He said, "You got to, you know." There's, he said, "There's all, you know, it's the same premises. Yeah, we all have to talk about the same stuff." And he said, "You know, you got to find your way of what you have to ask yourself. What do you feel about these things? And then how do you make that funny? And how do you report that back to your audience?" And he really, really helped me with that. And then there was a old comic named Jimmy Cook who taught me mic technique, which really helped in my kind of comedy because, like. He taught me like when you you know he taught me when you're going to yell bring the mic back and when you were going to whisper get up yeah. on the mic. There's Another no, thing there was, nobody teaches you. There's, there's no well, comedy school again. Nobody's teaching that yeah. anymore. There right. used to be guys that would help you out with that. <clears throat> and then Creed taught me something incredibly valuable about uniting the audience. He said you got to you got to learn to work. He sounded like Tom Waits. He said, <laughs> you got to learn to work the pockets. And what he meant was you'd come out and divide the audience into three sections, the middle section, left section, right section. Mm -hmm. So you'd come out and you'd uh, do your setup to the middle and your punchline to the middle. Then you do your setup to the middle, you do your punchline to the left. Then you do your setup to the middle, you do your punchline to the right. And as you feel the pockets warm up and connect, you can tell where where the audience isn't together. And that's what gives you that full banging sound of the entire room laughing at wow. you. Wow. So it's that focusing of everybody. And then if you felt it drop down a little bit on the right, you go over to the right and you do the next yeah. part over there. It wasn't just a manic pace back and forth. It yeah, was, sure. Let's work this room and really unite them into a ball. Attention distribution is really another thing it's that's like... really important. And again, you, you only figure out from doing to really right. mm-hmm. get a sense of feeling like where those laughs are coming from. And also just playing the room and not right. ever like... You know, if you don't have, I mean, we all have like a, a, some theater background, so it's like you you know innately just to kind of have to um, play to the the whole room. But uh, yeah, I mean, getting down to the technical parts of like, oh, like maybe hitting the punch, like 
you know, turning and, and just delivering that punchline to that side right. of the room, like even makes a difference on how hard the joke. It absolutely will hit. does. And and then when when you unite them and you got them all rolling together, that's the difference between an okay set and a holy shit. You yeah. crushed it. You know what I mean? <laughs> when do you feel like you really hit that? Uh, you know, man, I I don't know. I have, or like, I or have find your voice. Oh, or... find my voice. Yeah. About mm-hmm. ten years in, just yeah. like they said. My, yeah. Actually, it took me closer to twelve, mm-hmm. and then about another four to write an act for it. Was and there that, a certain uh, joke or, or topic that you, that you got so opinionated when about? I, or? I, I found my voice when I figured out who I was, you know, and that took me to about, I guess, about thirty. And they say, right, like that you yeah. have to have a life uh, worth uh, writing about, live a life. To, so it's like what yeah, was or, going on. Unless you're one of those observation guys. Right. Mm-hmm. You've got to be really smart to be an observation guy. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. I would, <laughs> I just, I've always been a guy that writes what's going on in my life. Yeah. And I, I figured out what I believed in, what I cared about, what disinterested me. And I try to take care when I write those things and see if I can mm-hmm. convey them in that way, you know? Yeah, so you weren't trying to necessarily be a comic that you know you're not. You finally figured out, no, I had to okay, be who this I is, was. Right? Yeah. This is what I believe. This is what I like. And, and my, I, I think the best way to describe my comedy is, am I alone? <laughs> I, is anyone else seeing this? Yeah. I'm not. I'm not mad. I'm just mm-hmm. asking. Yeah. Are we okay? Are we all okay right, with yeah. this? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And then my stuff's about being crazy when I was younger, and and then stepping into fatherhood, and and mm-hmm. being a husband, and, and all the stuff that that entails. And yeah, I mean, your wife went through all those moves. She's and unbelievable. All those years on the road. Listen, she's she's been with me through poverty, you know childbirth she gave me a child and and then she sat with me through fame which is no easy twist to handle. no yeah you think just being like oh good now, now things it's all are better, better. yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's, she's, she's yeah, yeah. i can see i always say i can understand why 22 year olds lose their minds mm-hmm. if you handed me this at 22 i'd be dead I'd be dead, or yeah. there'd be lawsuits yeah. involved. Or, yeah. Billy Gardell right. breaks into another Dave and Buster's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, yeah. every other week. It would have been a great idea at the time. It would have been a yeah, clear, yeah. concise, great and idea. And I just get a soundbite. I just wanted to play skee ball. You were closed. <laughs> Don't you have that hankering for skee ball? Yeah. Yeah. You understand? That exactly. late night hankering. Exactly. So I'm, I'm grateful everything happened the way it happened. Where did you meet her? My wife. Yeah. I met her in Atlanta, Georgia. I was, mm-hmm. uh, I was, I did this in my act because I. This is like an example of my act. Like stuff like this happens to me. I can't write it that good. So th- the truth was, I met her in. Um, I saw her in a bank because my manager used to own the punchline. Did you ever work the punchline? Yeah, a lot in Atlanta. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, the San Fran. I'm sorry, not oh, the Atlanta. Excuse me. <laughs> no, no yeah, the, uh, the Atlanta punchline. And um, and he uh, said, "Come on, I got to go make a deposit." And we went to this bank, and she was at the bank, and I just saw her there. She was talking to one of the officers in the bank and then later that night i was doing a show and uh, i was just walking by the front of the bar where the ladies room is there's always a line you know because comedy clubs will never afford more than one toilet yeah Yeah, (laughs) sure and there's a line of girls and then she's standing there and i walked by and she was with her sister which i didn't know then and i was like wow that's the same girl Mm -hmm. and then uh i went to this little uh jazz place which is across the parking lot called the 290 and she was in there so i figured three times one day gotta take a shot right sure so I asked the bartender what she was drinking. Mm-hmm. I took one to her table and I said, "Hi, I'm Billy. Drink this. Tell I'm cute." <laughs> yeah. Here's where what the a, great, what a that's great good line, line right? Yeah. Good, line. good line. Actually, that's how Brad and I met and started was this it? podcast. Ah. Yeah, <laughs> so. exactly. Well, she looked up and she goes, "I'm I'm going to need another one." So I was like, All right. She wrote the joke. She gave me right. a joke and a partner for life right there. Wow. No kidding. So yeah, we we moved in together about six months later, and everybody said that was too soon. Mm-hmm. 
And then we had got married about a year and a half later. Everybody said that was too soon. Of course, because they're jealous that you found it so quick. We had and, yeah. a year later. That's too soon. And we're coming up on 14 years, man. Hell or high water. And like, yeah, Billy, you, you got a hit man. series, man. Slow down. That's too soon, man. Yeah, yeah exactly. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she's, yeah. Been, uh, she's been a very grounding force. I mean, what a fantastic story. And now all the, all, all the people in maybe five years, their story of meeting their wife is, well, I was on Tinder one day. Yeah. Swiped it, right. And that's she, where it's she, headed, right? She I, swiped right. And hey, look, look at that. It's yeah. a whole different animal out there. Like I listen to single friends or my buddies that are recently divorced. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, are they getting into it now? Like it's the just online? tough, man. They don't know how to navigate that world. It's a very strange, weird place. Yeah, no great story like that. It's just yeah, plenty of fish. Or just, which yeah. also I think there. I, I do, and I know some people that have if met. You on... Think about it. All that stuff, though. I didn't mean to cut you up, but no, if you right. think about it, like all that, you know that that. Tinder and, mm-hmm. and what's the other one? Uh, eHarmony, whatever. J Day, Farmers Only. That's literally the notes we passed in fifth grade. <laughs> you know, oh, oh, do you like yeah. me? Check yes or no. That's exactly <laughs> what that is, man. But you can't see the person. That's well, what see, I was I was a little more advanced. You know? It was like, do you like two fingers uh, or three? <laughs> see, uh, right that I got her. Right right that I got her. <laughs> that was for whiskey, ah, though, right? Kids. <laughs> uh, yeah, but and then. Uh, I do think, though, there is, like, because I know some people that have met through, uh, like, J-Date, and they're, like, doing great. And, and they, but, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, it's still, and, and some people do it just, you know, they don't have, they're not going out a lot, or they, a lot of, and you're still having to meet up with these people and right. have, you know, get some vibes and have social interactions, but I think just all the info right there for you cuts it down, but... Um, I still I haven't gotten on any of them yet because I just also we're at the uh, have the fortunate um, privilege of just being out so much right and not that I want to meet my wife at a comedy club but I just feel like I put myself in a lot of situations to be um, well, social. You, look, you can meet anybody anywhere. About three months in, you're gonna know. Mm-hmm. Three months in, when all the masks come off and you're tired of acting, then you find out. Yeah. Then if it's a psycho and you stay, that's on you. <laughs> that's a bad choice on your the, part. The, you know? the, then we blame you. Yeah, I was lucky because I, I had gotten out of a relationship for about six months and my mm-hmm. wife had gotten out of her relationship. So we were, when we met, we were both at that place where it was like, you know, there's no pretending here. Here's, right. This is my crazy. So like, cards. Here's, here's my crazy. Cards on the table. And that was it. And it just worked. And, and, you, saw, and you saw each other's cards and went. All right. I can live with that. I can live with that. I should have asked for more. Looking back, <laughs> I should have asked for more. I told her 17 Steeler Sundays every year. That doesn't change. Day one. I was going to say I'm what was like that. that. Yeah. We're not watching an art. We're not going to an art class. <laughs> that's not happening. But that, so hey, that's, that's a deal breaker. I'm out. That's yeah. 17. Well, that's why I said I should ask for more because she gave me that. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. So you've been like, well, but what about. Like, well, yeah, what about no, what, no, that wasn't in the original contract. <laughs> yeah. What about playoffs and Pro Bowl? What's, what's happening? Yeah, we're good all the way through this. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, what does she ask for? Like, what's her football? No, she she became a Steelers fan, which kind nice. of warms my heart. And, right? Uh, yeah, my wife is all about my kid. She that's mm-hmm. all she cares about is, is the boy is happy. That's all yeah. she cares about. She's the greatest mom in the world. Oh, now fantastic. you watching Steelers Sunday? By you have a I'm assuming you got a pretty sweet guy, dude. Den right? Like a place uh, where no, you... man. I got a living room with a giant TV. I have an office in mm-hmm. my house. It's my room. That's my room of the house. Yeah, that's what I have. You got to have one, right? You hear it's that with house. every married it, couple? Well, it's important. I yeah. Think. Yeah, my office has nothing, um, nothing electronic in it other than one computer that mm-hmm. I have to use when they tell me, and that's <laughs> it. And then I got like I have it's all vinyl and records in there, it's, awesome. it's all wow. books in there, and like my son and I go in there, and that's like 
that, that's it's like Indiana Jones's dad's office. That's, yeah. what, it, that's what it smells like. Wow. It's just books and records and Junior in you. Arabic yeah, in Latin. Yeah, no. Well, let me show you how to use this email. I like to slow him down, man. I like to slow him down because he's yeah. very much into this world of you know YouTube and. You know, he talks to all his buddies. You don't even have to go to your friends to play anymore. You just hook up. You Skype with them or, or play no video one, games with them you, online. And, you don't yeah. go to the house and knock on the door. Can, you know, can Frank come out? None of that. So You're, you're right. That, I, yeah, like you to, don't, I like to bring him back sure. to what, what I grew up with, which is a lot of fun. Like He gets all the new stuff from his friends and his mom. For me, it's like comic books. And it's awesome. Listen to an entire record. Now, what was that guy trying to say in that song? What do you think he was trying to say? And like... Um, like we, I take him to this place. This uh, there's a place in Burbank or not Burbank, um, Sherman Oaks. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the uh, it's called the Big Kids Toy Store, and it's all the toys that like when I was growing up. Like there's cap guns and. Nice. By the way, if you're going to do that in Los Angeles and have some <laughs> hippie kids over, you got to warn them that that's allowed because that causes discussions. But, uh, but yeah, like calls from other parents and stuff. And, and we do, you know, when he was a kid, you know, yeah. was a little, when he was younger, Hot Wheels. And I like to, like, I got all his buddies. We're, we've become that house. Like, my wife, like, she can't go to the school, and I, I think she's going to get in trouble for bringing other children home. She oh, always no. has five other kids. No, she always gets permission. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> and literally, when they come walking across the front window of my yeah. office, because it's in the front of the house, yeah. it's like, it's like, uh, a duck with the five ducks behind it. <laughs> and we're that house on Friday, you know. We're that house, you know, that there's Nerf gun wars. Like, I, it's I, awesome. I like to encourage that stuff. Yeah, Have the sure. Nerf gun war. Have the go yeah, turn the computer off. Because you're moving. That's it. You know, I, I lock. You're getting human interaction. Yeah, I lock the perimeters, and then I open the doors. I'm like, go. You get the perimeters. Yard, the this is This yard. sounds like a fucking really serious Nerf gun camp, war. Camp, bro, <laughs> camp, bro. But I do. I give them, you know, and then I give them the info. I'm like, all right, you're, you're special teams. You're, you're special. Special nice. ops. You, you got, <laughs> now look, Michael, pay attention. Are right, you the hostage? Yeah. You're trapped. Then, you know, I got them running you all over the this, house. So you're, you're like Alpha Team Bravo. <laughs> you want the Alpha Team Dolphin? All right, you're Alpha Team Dolphin. And then they get the, you know, they chase each other through the house. I feel like at some point you should throw in Brad as a decoy <laughs> and just awesome. really confuse the fuck out of them. Hey, I'll do it. I'll uh, I'll come in with the beard. They'll just, be like, the, wait a minute. The beard, just say this is a new exchange student. He's gonna be. He's uh, from Italy. He's gonna be. Hey, but I come in shoot with Wow. My heart just grew five sizes bigger. Wow. Sometimes Brad does a dialect and I go, now I want to see that whole movie. Yeah. I want to see. Yeah, right? I want to see. Do the whole, I'll do 90 minutes uh, of that. I'll do 90. Hey, I was part of the Axis powers, but you can forgive me. Eh? Oh, my God. It's, it was a couple yeah, years. He, the other big one we did was I taught him to ride a bike. You know, and mm-hmm. in this day and age, none of his buddies were riding bikes. That's so strange to me. Rollerblades, scooters, no. Nothing. Just you know, they're on the computer all the time. On the so computer, like, on a bike, brother. That's yeah. freedom. Yeah. Of course, you can't have as much freedom as we did when we were kids. I mean, you can't you can't let them out of your sight like you used to be able to. You know? Yeah. Is that, is that like were you the kid where it's like come home when the yeah, when the street lights, lights turns on. If they bothered, then yeah. yeah, There was nobody cared where we were. No one, no one even checked. <laughs> You'd be gone My for like mom four had days. Three jobs when she wasn't divorced, you oh, know, trying to take care of us kids. Nobody was watching us. Yeah. And then if there's a stepdad involved, he doesn't care where you're at. You no, know, he's, he's watching he, Magnum reruns. You know? Yeah, he's ha- he's happy you're gone because exactly. he doesn't have to so, deal with a kid. So yeah, so so it's a little more supervised. But I try to bring as much fun as I had as a kid, like the fun stuff I loved. I try to do that with those guys. That's uh, smart, do. Uh, do some of the uh, 
I mean, do you go to school? you have parent-teacher conferences and all that stuff you get involved yeah. in school? Yeah, my son's at a really nice school that he worked very hard to get into, and I'm very proud of him because they told me you may not get in. You know, wow, so you put rejection with, on the table. You oh, didn't yeah, try to... Right, no, I told him, I said, you got to give up your Tuesday play dates. Mm-hmm. you got to work with a tutor for a while, and you got to pass this test. you got to get interviewed, and then you might not get in. So wow. you got to go after it. Mm-hmm. And if you do get in, that's when the work begins. And then I told him, I said, I go, your job is B's. Mm-hmm. These are higher, we're good. You get to stay at this school. That's how you pay me back for getting to go to this school. That's the deal. Because daddy wouldn't have been able to walk by that school when he was a kid. <laughs> yeah. So, and then I took him to a, a really beat up high school. Mm-hmm. And I parked outside and I said, if you don't get bees, I go, that's where you're going. Oh, man. Oh, he did like the scared straight technique. <laughs> Visual aids help kids. They yeah. Do. Visual aids help kids. Hey, everybody. It's Brad Williams from the About Last Night podcast. And are you like me? Are you always on the go? Do you not have time to sit down and crack a book like the old-fashioned way? Well, then do what I did and go to audible.com. Audible.com has over 180,000 audio programs from leading publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazines, and newspapers. Anything you want, it's right there at audible.com. You can download these publications right to your phone. They have free apps for your iPhone, Android, Windows phone. You can listen in the car, at your work, at the gym. With Audible, your book goes with you. I recently listened to the Keith Richards autobiography, Life, and it was amazing. That's a huge book, but I didn't have to lug around that darn big thing. I just listened to it on my own time. I listened to it on the beach. I listened to it on the plane. I listened to it on the road. And if you like this podcast, you obviously like comedy, so maybe check out Mark Maron's book, Attempting Normal, or Adam Carolla's new book, Daddy Stop Talking. All these are available at audible.com and right now. Audible is offering about last night podcast listeners a free audiobook. That's right, a free audiobook and a free 30 day trial membership. A free book. Download any title for free and start listening today. It's that easy. All you have to do is go to audiblepodcast.com slash A L N. That's audiblepodcast.com slash A L N and get started today. I promise you're going to love Audible.com more than Adam Ray loves Beefaroni. And you know how much Adam Ray loves Beefaroni. Enjoy it. The wait is finally over. I'm not talking about dwarves coming to your house and tucking you in at night and reading your bedtime stories. I'm talking about baseball season, baby. It's here at last, and the excitement continues all season long at DraftKings.com, the official daily fantasy partner of Major League Baseball. Daily fantasy means no season-long commitments, all right? Just instant cash money and instant gratification. You love that, don't you? Who don't love cash money and gratification? Ha <laughs> ha! Why wait until the end of the season to claim victory when you can win huge cash Every day, all day, every day. At DraftKings, it's like a brand new season every time you play. Just select two pitchers and eight position players, stay under the salary cap, and you could be on your way to an enormous payday. Last year, Peter from Colorado won a million bucks at DraftKings in one day just playing fantasy baseball, all right? A million bucks. Who knows what he spent it on? He could have spent it on Skittles and dildos. Doesn't matter. He won a million bucks. Hundreds of thousands of fantasy sports fans just like you and you and you and you have already cashed in at DraftKings.com. And guess what? Now it's your turn, baby. Hurry in right now to DraftKings.com and enter the promo code ALN to play for free. For free! And then you could win part of the $300 million in prizes being awarded this season. Wow. 
300 million. I just read that and heard how much money that is to that you could potentially win. And that's, I'm for sure signing up. $300 million? Do you know how many shuffleboard tables I could buy? Do you know how many $5 footlongs I could buy from me and my friends? Do you know how many fucking, <laughs> I could just buy a Johnny Depp costume and walk around all day in Hollywood just like, hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Johnny Depp. Yes, I'm Johnny Depp now. And John, the real Johnny Depp's like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm Johnny Depp too. He's like, you can't talk like me. I'm like, yes, but I can dress like you because I've won millions of dollars at DraftKings.com. Use the promo code ALN for free entry at DraftKings.com. It's DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. Use the promo code ALN at DraftKings.com. Then you too could buy a pirate ship or just a bunch of pirates to hang out at your house and fight your wife when she tells you to clean the dishes. What? And that's that, it's so cool that you're able to, well, I want him to ha- understand have that mentality. It's a gift. Right. It's a gift you get to do this. I'm I mean, like Ray Donovan over at that private <laughs> school. I shouldn't even be over there. But like, I'm like, ah, Mr. Gardell, how long are you oh, staying? That's huh? so good to see uh uh-huh. When's your candy drive? Can I help out with that? <laughs> but like you have, uh, and I imagine that popped into your head when you started having the success, when it's yeah. like, okay, now how do I make yeah. the kids still work? How do well, I make I, the kids I, still struggle? It's, look, he's going to have an easier life than I did sure. in, in that way. But mm-hmm. hey, look, everybody's going to have their trials. My job is to see if I can put you in the safest situation and give you the best advice. And me and him have a rule. Like, he can come to me and talk to me about anything. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter what it is. If you call, if you call a daddy and will conference, you're allowed to say anything you want. I will answer you honestly and to the best of my ability. And I told him when this thing started, it's going to end. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean we're better than anybody. We're very lucky. That's it. Daddy worked a long time, got lucky. There's guys out there funnier than me. I got lucky. Okay, I happened to land a good job. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. That is what I do. Who I am is your dad. Let us not confuse those things. Right. So it, I think he stayed pretty grounded. Smart to it have. It is funny because like he'll go to a ball game and I get mad because we're like you know we're sitting behind the radar gun for Warner Brothers tickets so and good. I'm mad about it. <laughs> like he's like, "Well, you so uptight about you eating popcorn? Like, you want those foam fingers?" <laughs> I'm like, "We used to shit." <laughs> So I took him to Peanut Heaven last year. What's that? That's way those leads. Those are the top, oh, oh top Peanut Heaven. Oh, okay, peanut okay, Heaven. okay yeah. Top seats at the at the Dodger Stadium. And yeah. he's like they're so small. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> this is what it was this like. Is, this is what it's like when you when you can't when you're not lucky enough to be able to sit behind home plate. Yeah, right. So it is way better down difference. below, though, isn't it? It's great. Yeah. But I got to give him perspective. For sure. Because I don't want him to think you just wander through life going, well, you just. Why don't we get that? You ask yeah. for stuff and it just comes to you. Isn't that how it works? <laughs> no. no. That's not how it works. Yeah. So. I mean, does he know? And I read this about you and I, I have to know if this is true. What's that? That's if uh, when you got the call saying you got Mike and Molly, mm-hmm. you had $7 in your $7. account? $7.18. Whoa. I was working a gig in Milwaukee. I just got a residual check from According to Jim for that. No, no, isn't it great, though, when you get one? The, the, you get a residual for less than what it cost them to mail it to you. Yeah, yeah. I've you, gotten those. You just want to call and go, you guys are douche. Yeah, like, you know that? Couldn't you let you. it build up yeah. to a buck and a half before you sent this to me? Oh, you sent me an 89 cent check? How am I going to do with or just this? send me a $5 foot long? <laughs> like, what am I? I I'm not going to deposit $7. This is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I was working at a, at a strip club. I was at the I was in the basement of a strip club in Milwaukee. DJ? No. <laughs> yeah, with this voice. I Coming feel- up next, 
cinnamon. Yeah. No. You joke, but I feel like that would change the game. No, it's I was, all, I was, that I was, Pittsburgh I was, accent. They had a comedy club in the basement of a strip club. Not even in, in the actual strip club. No, the, the, the basement strip, strip of the strip club's club. up top, the comedy club down beneath. <laughs> And basically, it was filled so with all the guys that had run out of money. So, you know, they were in a fantastic mood. Oh, my God. Come comedy time. Hey, no better way to, to build your chops, though, right? The 12 people. I was on stage. Angry, not hot. I'm like, what have I done? Yeah. What, what have I made a horrid, <laughs> horridly bad choice? And I got off stage, and all the calls were on my cell phone. And I, and I checked, and, uh, and, uh, and I called my manager first because he's the only one that doesn't lie. And, uh, <laughs> and then um, he said, you got picked up. You're going to get 13 episodes. And I couldn't believe it. And I was with my brother. He'd come up from Chicago so that I didn't hang myself. And, um, <laughs> That's and, good, brother. And, uh, and I go, let's go to the casino, man. Keep this ruck, luck running. You know, yeah. We're degenerates from Pittsburgh. And he's like, good idea. So, so I call my wife on the way. I go, honey. Is your brother to- Scooby-Doo? Yeah. <laughs> That's just how I am. But, uh, it's I, cool, Billy. <laughs> You're going to win it. Uh, rambling. Um, but we, we, we went down and I called her on the way and I said, I'm going to take 100 bucks out. We got picked up, and she's like, congratulations, honey, have fun. She called me back just a few minutes later, don't touch the bank account. A couple payments came out. We have $7.18. So in my big house that I live in now, which is ridiculous and I don't deserve. That's not true. No, it is true. It's obscene. (laughs) For me, it is. I mean, it's not even big by Hollywood. I'll tell you what you don't deserve. I walk around like, holy hell, they're coming to take this at any minute. Mm -hmm. But I I got in my bathroom window or on the mirror down in the right-hand corner is marked 718. That's just a little... Little focuser in the morning when yeah. you brush. When I start going, I hope I get the right kind of burrito today because I didn't. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Let's pump the brakes yeah, for a minute, man. Let's yeah, remember how bad it once yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Easy diva, Billy. I mean, <laughs> was was there ever? Was there ever? I mean, we all go through tough times as comics, sure. but was there ever a time where you were like? I'm going to stop. I'm going yeah, to get a I job. Was, I was going to quit um, before Mike and Molly happened. I, I was ready to go. No shit. I had a um, development deal on the table with Nickelodeon. They were <laughs> getting into some original programming. They were going to put together a small development deal. And I didn't think the project was going to go. But I figured I'd use that money to move back to Pittsburgh. Yeah. And get on the radio with my buddies on WDVE back in Pittsburgh. I was on that station two weeks Good ago. Good boys, Randy Bauman and yeah. Billy Crawford. They're great guys. Yeah. Great, great guys. Yeah. I, I call in every Tuesday morning. Oh, no up, kidding. Get up at 530, I call in, do an hour with them every Tuesday morning. Have for 12 years. That's so great. I love them. And, and it's a good way to plug back into my hometown. But I told them I was going to ride out one more pilot season. And then uh, I, got, I got six auditions in three months. And the last one was Mike and Molly. Crazy, right? Talk about a Hail Mary. Holy so literally shit. the last one. Last These one. stories are fucking bananas. Crazy, man. right? Like it's yeah. it's Crazy. just I mean, and I think that is what is so the uh uncertainty of the business, I think is what attracts a lot of us to it. I think Beca- so. Uh because also just the uncertainty of like uh I and I think I heard it was um Dustin Hoffman said on inside the actor's studio once where he was like talking to the students who were, you know, in their um early mid 20s and, and he's like this time of your life is so scary he's like because the, the amount of uncertainty he's like but also like 
uh, embrace that because it's the only time in your life where you're going to really have this means like because then you get married burn, and you get right? kids and, yes, and stuff absolutely. starts to become routine and not absolutely. necessarily boring but just you start to um, understand the way things are kind of kind of you develop a routine and he's like this is the time where you don't know what's going to happen and right. you get to really you you uh, are in control of a lot of these um, circumstances and uh, sage advice yeah mm-hmm. you know I think early on in LA too man I was uh, the gift of being broke is you can't leave. <laughs> like I came out here. I never thought of it that I way. I came out here with my buddy Joe O'Connell from Pittsburgh, and we uh, we took whatever the car would hold. Had an LTD at the time, just big cars, mm-hmm. and whatever the LTD would hold. And we had one month's rent when we pulled in, and that was it. It was twenty through two years ago. And you were just like, we're going to figure it out. We're just going right? to. Well, we got thirty days. Thirty <laughs> days to get rent. That was yeah. our deal. And then there was times where it was like, I'm too broke to leave. I wanted to leave, but mm-hmm. I couldn't. You can't. And then. Then what happens with performing, and I think this is with anybody, a comic, an actor, a musician, once you've been doing it for 15 years, well, you really don't have a choice. Yeah, what are you going to do now? Were you going to put that on a resume? (laughs) Like, yeah. I was in the basement of a strip club. I made funny noises, (laughs) and I yelled a lot. I'd like to run the company if you would let me do that. No, you're in. You're in it. Yeah. You're in it. When you got the call from Mike and Molly, uh, had you met Melissa yet? I met Melissa, uh, this was after we shot the pilot. Okay, so, oh, that's right, so, yeah. So, yeah, but I met Melissa um, uh, the day of the audition, and she came in. She's such a powerhouse, dude. Right? Mm-hmm. She came in. I would love to she exchange was, was Melissa McCarthy, uh, McCarthy first uh, day stories. She was pregnant. Oh, shit. She's wandering around pregnant, mm-hmm. and it's just tough as Irish, just as Irish. We're right? so Irish, it's ridiculous. <laughs> we will both work until our spleens bleed. We, we mm-hmm. both share the common trait of the Irish. This is it. It's all going away. We have to work now. <laughs> <laughs> we, and we talk to each other so about that all funny. the time. So funny, yeah. But we read this thing together, and, oh, my. You good? came unplugged. Sorry about that. We, uh, all right, there we go. <laughs> we met and we read this thing for the first time and i think she'd say the same thing it was like that really it was like these words were supposed to be these two people and i think everybody got that immediately everyone yeah. in the room felt that yeah well because that's chuck, the vibe of the show chuck, chuck laurie especially one mm-hmm. okay like he got it and that happened also the only other person that happened to me with was reno who plays my partner, mm-hmm. uh, Reno Wilson, who plays Carl. Mm-hmm. And I've known him for 10 years. Me and him. Oh, that's awesome. We did a show uh, 10 years ago called The Heist, which was on NBC. Mm-hmm. And by nowadays, they would be buying us Ferraris because it was getting 6 million people a show. Holy I shit. I don't think all of NBC shows get 6 million people a <laughs> yeah, show. It's no, like maybe the, the voice, Blacklist. Yeah, it's like the, the Blacklist and The Voice. But we would have been a hit by any, but they put right. us on opposite American Idol. No. Oh, no, in just, the heyday. Oh, you could hear the death drums beating. It was just <laughs> horrible. But we did six episodes. We became buddies. And then um, 10 years later, we're working together on Mike and Molly. He actually called me before all this started. Mm-hmm. And he called me, and I was like packing for Cincinnati. I think I was doing the bone up there. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and he's like, man, I read the script. It's us. It's us. It's us, man. This is our script. I'm like, yeah, yeah, great. Because okay. you've seen this before. I'll try to get it. Yeah, dude, I did 12. And in 12 years out here, I did 15 pilots. Holy is shit. Is that good? Is that Never a- had it go. Wow. And of those 15, I made it to CBS's basement, you know, where you test yeah. for yeah. the pilot. I'd made it down there about 11 times and never oh. booked a show down there. That's right. So like, that's right, the finish like, line. I told Chuck Laurie, I said, I go, I got to be honest with you, Mr. Laurie. I said, I've been in that basement over at CBS 11 times. I've never booked anything over there. I said, I, there is more of my audition blood on the floor <laughs> of that theater than anywhere else in town. And he goes, oh. 
He goes, all right. I'll, I'll get him to come over to my office. And I was like, wow. Then, then I knew I was in a different. Yeah. Like, this is a different. Uh, That's a player he was rooting right for there. you. Yeah, he really was. He's, How, uh, Chuck was the reason I got this show. Chuck was the reason I, I said yes to audition because I originally said no. No kidding. Yeah, I, I, I talked Why? about that a little bit before, but I, I originally said no. And every, I, <laughs> people love to, you know how comics get a story, and then by the time it gets back around you, it's like, and then the UFOs. <laughs> and that's when we fought the unicorns with Jaden Smith's butt. <laughs> <laughs> what? There's no yeah. truth to any of it. I would love to sit and go, yes, and I made them wait. And I said no, yeah. and mm-hmm. just the opposite. I was terrified, and I was... I was at a point where it was like I was trying to get the money to get out. Yeah. Yeah. The Nickelodeon thing was on the table. And Chuck, to his credit, man, he called me and talked to me for an hour. I was at a gig in Houston. I was working mm-hmm. a laugh stop. Yep. And uh, and my buddy Don Learned, uh, <laughs> he's, he's Chuck Laurie's on the phone for you. Like, Chuck found me at the club. And then I called oh, him. Shit. And he spoke to me for an hour and said, look, man, we're going we're gonna to put you with a great cast. You're not going to have to carry this pale water up the hill by yourself. And we're going to write a little play every week. This is going to be a very, this is going to be a great show. And you're the guy for this. And I was like, ah, I don't know, man. I'm terrified. I said, I got this thing and I'm you had this Nickelodeon leave. show, huh? Yeah. And I was, I, well, I had money to get out of there. And I was like, you know, my, I mean, I've been on the road the first two years of my son's life. You know, I can't leave on a maybe. And he was like, you're my guy. He goes, you're going to be my guy. He goes, you got to trust me. And we did. Actually, I, he, actually, I said, Can I, I got to call my wife and talk to her. Mm-hmm. And he goes, call me back on Monday. And, um, and he was so kind, man. He was like, so, he's like, look. He wasn't pressuring you. He just. No, he's like, look, take a chance on yourself. And he goes, and take a chance on me. He goes, he goes I know how to do this. Yeah. I was like, I go, I know who you are. I, right. I get it. And I go, if I was 22, I'd be over there washing the rims of your truck right now. <laughs> I go, but the truth is, is I've been away from my family for two years doing stand-up. I haven't booked any television. You know, my marriage is suffering because I'm on the road. I can't have this fail and have to go back out on the road again. It's going to crush my family. I, I, I just can't. Mm-hmm. And he said, look, he goes, just trust me. Trust me. You're the guy for this. And I said, well, I need to talk to my wife about this. And to her credit, she's like, All right. she goes, you've been waiting 25 years for this phone call. She goes, you have to take this chance. <sighs> Huge. Tough lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Smart, and then she's like, lady. and by the way, have another drink. You still yeah. look like shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly, exactly. Uh, she she was the reason, and then Chuck uh, Chuck started fighting for me, and which and then that's it, amazing. And then it, and then and then this cast, this cast was a gift from heaven, man. Yeah, you, you know Melissa, who is. She's just otherworldly talented. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, you know, you've you've oh yeah, you've worked with her on the movies. Yeah, and working with her every day, she's just, and she's kind and the she's kindest. graceful. And there's no need for any insanity. And our stage, me and her have kind of been like the mama bear and papa bear of that stage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But everybody who's come into the, the fold, you know, Reno, who's like a guy that's always positive, like always positive, like genuinely, not trying to do it. Like that's how he lives. And then, you know, you get the luxury of having these seasoned actors with no attitude who just want to do the work and Susie Kurtz and Rondi Reed yeah. and Lou Mastillo. Yeah, so good. Now you've got this assemblance of almost a theater company. Mm-hmm. And it definitely has that vibe, a sitcom without cast, yeah? a doubt, yeah. man. And, and, we've, and there's been no... We just all kind of decided at the pilot to, to respect each other and to do the work and to take care of each other. And it grew into this wonderful, crazy little family. <laughs> what a crazy I mean, concept. It's... Out here, that is. Yeah, unfortunately. You know, the head of Warner Brothers, Peter Roth, came up to me and he said, I wish, he goes, I wish every 22-year-old that I book on a pilot mm-hmm. had to come here for two weeks to watch you guys and the way you treat each other and the way you treat the work. 
Wow. I thought that was the biggest compliment yeah. that we could have gotten. <clears throat> because nobody's a jackass over there. Mm-hmm. The guest stars always leave. By Friday, they're like, this is the nicest place we've ever been. <laughs> yeah. There's no reason to not have superfluous. And, and Jimmy Burroughs instilled a lot of that the first two years. Because Burroughs has you know the legend, friends, cheers, oh, sacks. Yeah. But he's got, a, he's got a no fun clause in his contract. If he ain't having fun, he's gone. Wow. And he stayed with us for two years, man. But he, he, bring, he brought that, that, that feeling of love on the set. You've got to be unafraid to love each other because then the funny's going to be yeah. okay, and no it, matter what you say to each other. And yeah. it comes naturally. And it and, does. And it absolutely does. Do you think that I mean, there's so many people on that cast uh, that are people that were struggling, that, that were... Me and Melissa talk about that. I think yeah. there's two things. She was saying, like, after you've been kicked around... You want to hug this a little bit more if you can? Sorry, yeah. yeah you, 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 you get kicked around enough when you finally get it, there's gratitude. Right. And I always say I think it helped because we were all over 40. Because you're over 40 and you've got a kid and a wife or kids and a husband or wife and two kids, like a lot of us do, or you've been doing it for 30 years and now you're on this great written sitcom on mm-hmm. the biggest network in the big broadcast three, your attitude is not, you know, I need a velvet hat filled with <laughs> red wine and a floating Hawaiian wow. flower. You must have read my writer. There yeah. it is. Yeah. That's, what I I, that's what I'm saying. I understand why young kids go batshit. Yeah. But, you know, when you're over 40 and you get there, you're like, we got coffee and we got free parking. <laughs> my parking is so good. I talked about parking for the first year. <laughs> right by the door. I had to yeah. do that Albert Brooks walk from Forest Lawn yeah. wow. in August. Just yeah. I had to carry a shirt. So because by the time oh, I God. got to the audition, I'm so I just look like a psycho. <laughs> you know, I'm out in the hallway. Uh, 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 I'm ready well, to audition yeah. for the neighbor. Uh, <laughs> I hope he's a serial Get killer. Get out of here. Exactly, man. Exactly. So, so the attitude has been unbelievable. And the love we've developed for each other over the years, I think, shows A, in the work. And then, you know, we went to Melissa's first movie premieres. The first time mm-hmm. I headlined Vegas, they came over and saw me. And then it went deeper. We started going to each other's kids' birthday parties. And, you know, like, because you wanted to, not because you were like, we should no, do this for the show and help build. for each other, yeah. man. And that's yeah. it. If someone finds out about it, great. Like my kid did uh, Peter Pan last year, and he was Captain Hook. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. And at 10 minutes to showtime, here comes the entire cast of Mike and Molly, Melissa and her kids and Ben Dude, and so Reno dope. and yeah. Rondi. And we just roll in, man. We roll in on each other, and we try to support each other in everything, even if we're not there. We that's, try to do that. That's so, that's so amazing. It's a much easier life, man. It's a much easier right. way to go through this. Uh, Michael McDonald just had um, good uh, drinks with a, cu- a couple nights dude. ago. I'm going yeah. to do Gotham with him this weekend, I and they were going to the Spy premiere. I love him. And he was just, everything you said, he just, yeah. I mean, reiterated where he was just like, it's crazy the like how they all treat each other, <laughs> how it operates, and how easy it is. And he's going to, I think. He's, he's, he's all next year, and yeah, we're all very did. excited about that because that guy, that guy made me, uh, he, he has a gift for letting you find the moment that he needs. The wow. only other guy I saw do that is Burroughs. Mm-hmm. Wow. Burroughs doesn't give you a line read. He gives you an intention. Yeah. And like he'll go, I need you to get here. And, and McDonald has, he not only lets you do that, but he's an improv guy. Yeah. So he always has he's something a, like he's, he's fucking like, genius. He's like, try this, try that, try it. Like he, and it's never negative. It's always positive, 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 positive. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Fuck it, just do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he has had a great impact and he won everybody in our cast over. I think the most of any director since since Burroughs. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's because he's one of my solid, favorite people on the planet. Dude. But he also, I haven't seen him in the directing world. But just really knowing good. him as a friend, I'm like, I'm oh, you're you, yeah, a natural at it. And tell him I said hello. Of course, yeah, yeah. And tell him Mazzilli's I said hello. Yeah. <laughs> tell him I said that payments in a mail. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, and uh, the first, I mean, uh, Melissa too. I'm, I'm assuming this is when you guys first started. She had movies broken for you when you guys started the show. She had done a bunch of smaller parts in movies, right. and but she had come off Gilmore Girls and right. uh, there's, what's uh, what's the other one? The Witch one. There was another one. Sabrina the Witch. So, not Sabrina. No. no, she did something else. I Wizards think of a, Waverly no, Place. No, no, no. That's like Nick, 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 Nick I watched that because of my kid. Yeah, <laughs> is a good kid. Um, <laughs> the Witch Show. Uh, there was some other thing. Oh, um, it was another like CW type I Witch Show. So, yeah. yeah, but she she had gotten some heat from uh, from Gilmore Girls, right? And uh, and she had filmed Bridesmaids. As Mike and Molly was getting going. Right. And she was like, yeah, I just did this movie, Bridesmaids, and I had so much fun. I think it's going to be really good. You think? <laughs> you think? And, uh, and all that, you know, that's my favorite dumb radio DJ question. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel about her doing all those movies? Yeah. Fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> I would drive her to work if they want me to. Yeah, I don't want another five million people to watch my show because right. she's on. No, no, we, we don't want any of that. Yeah. But that's the insanity people want you that's to buy it, but into. You it's crazy. That's right. so. It's crazy. It's, 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 the fact that you have such a healthy mentality about oh, that, too, though, is God. is kind of for people to understand that. Like, because there are a lot of people that would be so, like, no. no, we gotta be we're, like. Don't do too. Don't get too famous because no. we gotta mm-hmm. be. Do whatever you do. She's great. She's graceful. I couldn't be a bigger fan. Everybody's path is different. I learned that when I started in comedy. My my mentor Ben Creed said, "Listen, don't concern yourself or be angry with what anybody else is doing. Has no bearing on you. None, mm. none at all. But that's the fear that you live in as a young performer. Fuck that guy. What he get that? Yeah, right. Because you think him. like, well, he got it, well, so that he, means I don't get it. Get it? You're not getting it. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. If you're happy for that guy, pay that forward, man. That come. It's a much easier way yeah. to get through this and navigate this stuff. Yeah. And there's always the jaded, fuck that. I don't think like that. Well, then go back to your fucking hotel and die alone. That's what you're gonna do. Okay? Can we isolate that audio? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when you do a, when people go, Billy like should write a self help book. We're like, well, listen to this piece of audio, real quick. It might tell you otherwise. You know what I'm saying? Of it's course. Like, it's just easier, man, if to root for someone. And, Absolutely. And all that success just helps helps what we do. You yeah. Know, she's, she's, she's been unbelievably gracious. She's been the same girl that I met when we started this. Mm-hmm. You know, she's giving, she's kind, her priorities are right. And it's, God damn it, it's fun to work with her. And Because yeah. I such- don't know what she's going to do. That's one of my things. Like, at the beginning, it was more like the honeymooners. Mm-hmm. It was like Mike, 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 first three years. Then Melissa takes off in the movies. Chuck very smartly recenters the show on Molly. Mm-hmm. Smart business. Yeah. So that puts me. In Does he sit you down and tell you like, "Hey, this?" Oh is yeah. Weird. No, yeah. he's like, "Hey, here's what I want to do because because we need to capitalize on this." And I'm like, "Absolutely. Yeah, it's absolutely so good now, on you for not having the ego. Be like, what? Well, this is my. This, we, this is my. No, no, I'm the captain that, of this shit. That'll get you kid. That'll yeah. get you unemployed quicker than anything else. That's just dumb. That's right. dumb business. Mm-hmm. But what the challenge was for me was to go from that to straight man and that's right so what i did was all summer i watched carson i watched jack benny and i watched um i watched anybody who could do a slow burn carol o'connor i watched gleason's slow burns so i mm-hmm. learned uh, that's what i spent my summer doing nice. so that i would be ready for when all the madness was happening with molly mm-hmm. that i could play that off of her if completely you, different dynamic than totally yeah, different but as a comic you know what's the beauty of being a stand-up comic if you utilize that is you know both sides yeah sure you know how to set up you know how to deliver yeah. right you take your ego out of the equation and go what's best for this set of jokes mm-hmm. 
and and you've got and you've got the jokes that are probably a little more serious where you where you take the audience down that road knowing that the punchline is going to come boom bang that's it and and then if i can react and what's fun with her is what's really fun is you rehearse it a couple times and then she's going to do whatever comes to her mind on one of those takes and what's really fun as a comic is can I keep up with that? Yeah. What yeah. am I? What challenge. Am I, what, am I, what am I going to do? Because right. she has fresh ideas like every two seconds. That was the first thing that I noticed. It's amazing. Uh, when we uh, did the heat. And just how, also how selfless. Because the first uh, thing we shot was uh, when I come out of this uh, warehouse and before I get blown up with uh, guns on her and Sandra. And they're hey, spoiler to, alert. Jesus. I watched the fucking movie. It was four Everybody's years ago. Everybody's seen it. Everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome back to shitty friend, Brad Williams. <laughs> Watch the movie, and so uh, so I come out, and her and I we started like I, you know, and I talked with them a little bit of because uh, it was my first movie, so I didn't know the protocol with like how much to talk. Sure, uh, and her and Sandy were bonding over you know all the stuff they were you know shopping for online and stuff, and and I would chime in, and they were very like they welcomed me into the conversation immediately, which helped to then when we started um, uh, shooting, no. and we started uh, bantering on uh, uh, the scene, and then as soon as we started improvising, and again let like. Like just being a comic and also like having you know improv background, I was like, oh man, I gotta keep up with yeah. her so that a people go, oh yeah, that guy's supposed to be here, and yeah. b like so that she has more confidence in me to do this more because I feel like we'll get. And as soon as we did it, we went back and forth jabbing each other like. And then finally, like they said, cut because Sandy broke. And then this was like the first day, and Melissa just walks back as we're like going uh, in between takes, and she goes, "That was really funny." See? And I was like, That's great. "Oh man!" and I felt immediately yeah. comfortable, and no. she didn't have to. And 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 look, that's who she is. Yeah, that's who everybody on our set is. That's who you should be on these things because when you are creating, and I don't care if it sounds cheesy or not, the truth is, you want to create a good product. You can't be tearing each other apart. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work that way. To create it, like Burroughs always says, comedy's a, a soap bubble. You got one dick, it pops. That's just how it works. So, I mean, by going, by going I'm pretty sure that's how they teach a trust, health class. But by trusting quickly, yeah. Yeah. that's how you get to the good stuff. Yeah. Right. Let me trust you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to show you. And to be brave enough to go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust you. Yeah. Okay, I'm right here for you. Yeah. Right. That's what they did for me, man. I got to tell you. Um, Melissa and, and uh, Reno especially. And... Uh, and I would say uh, Cleo King, who plays Grandma. I had some nice emotional scenes with them that I wasn't, I didn't know I was going to be able to do. And Melissa mm-hmm. really helped me through a lot of that. You know, because our show is not just a regular sitcom where everybody says something smarmy and then you leave the, they leave the room. There's actually emotional ties in there. And then like Norman Lear, they drop the hammer. They yeah, drop right. that thing like we were talking about. Yeah. The line's coming, but you got to get there. And she let me know right away that she's right there. You trust me. You trust me. I'm in this with you. And that's... Man, to have the, the I've carried that to other jobs I've done mm-hmm. because I see how much that affects everybody. When everybody can breathe, it's already crazy enough what we're trying to do yeah. to pull off something that's interesting enough to watch. Yeah, yeah. So when someone has the guts to go, no, 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 I, I got you. Then you're like, okay, well, I'm in this now. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then it gets really good. Yeah. Then you're just then trying to keep up. After that second and, and third, good. you're like, you're just like, yeah, let's really get after this. Do you love the studio good. audience? I love it. Man. Yeah. That's yeah. the comic in me. You can't. It's real hard not to look at them and go, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> but just just feel that you know what that that vibe is. Sure. That, that live audience. But you do in between takes, right? Do you like talk to the audience? I mess around a little mm-hmm. bit with them, not a whole lot. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. There's still. It's mostly swearing when I pull a line. What's your go-to swear word? Not to get all. James I think, on no, you. everybody, everybody in that cast will say shit. Ah, shit. <laughs> ah, shit. 
<laughs> and it's always mid-sentence. Like, Mike, I don't think... Yeah, shit. <laughs> it always happens like that, you know? Perfect. That's good. Yeah. And, then, and then now you're to the point where... When you're doing when you're doing your stand up gigs, you don't go and you're fighting the audience who has no idea who the hell you are. Now no. people are coming out to see you. That's the biggest gift of this show to me. Really, to me, that's the biggest gift of this show. Yeah, is that now when you go there, the the audience knows you, they love you. They, what I had to get used to was they're not going to say something to you the minute you stop talking. Wow. Like as a comic in the clubs, you know, you're out there with a chair and a whip, and you got to break them. <laughs> that's your job. Your job is to break them. You go and do it in the theater. Yeah, you finish your joke and they laugh, and then they're waiting for the next <laughs> joke. And you're like, it takes a minute to right. get used to that. Yeah. You're like, you're not going to just yell some dumb random shit at me. Yeah, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. It, it, it's a gift. Yeah, you're almost like on the edge, like because you're just expecting it. Because well, that's how we grew up in the club. Yeah, and you see, and you see someone twitching in like the second row. You're like, here is it. Oh yeah. no, you didn't say anything. No, you oh. didn't say anything. Okay, you're looking. Okay. You looked. You looked. <laughs> you looked at me funny. Uh, I need to bring up something before we. Uh, we got about maybe like five to more minutes. Is that cool? Sure. Yeah. All right, cool. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you mentioned uh, uh, having the nice house and great career and awesome family, and you're like, I don't deserve this. And I, I was know. like. Well, you do, but what you don't deserve what? is the Super Bowl against my Seahawks. Oh in, wow! Uh, is that what this Why did you wait an hour to get into this? We could have done in this the first five minutes. I could have already been on my way home. You couldn't help Listen yourself. To oh. Listen to me. He's yeah. over the line. I don't know how many fucking camera angles you need. I know he was. And I wouldn't be worried about this Super Bowl. Yeah. I'd be thinking about last Trust year. Trust me. I don't I stop mean, thinking about it. I mean that ball. Why do you throw that ball? This, you got a man who just carried nine players 16 yards. I'd let him take a crack at it. I'm not a coach, Adam. I'm not a coach. That was how I felt for it. Wasn't, I, was, uh, I was rooting against them, so I, was, I really felt for you. Really, yeah. really felt for You were rooting against the Pats, yeah. Oh, obviously. God, yeah. yeah. I hate them. I'm always curious what everyone – because I know how I felt, and it was – again, if somebody had walked in at that moment and been like, hey, dude, you're uh, – your folks got back together, and and and, and uh, you just booked the series. I'd be like, shut the Wait, fuck up! One man. minute, we, <laughs> one minute. Yeah. That's all I need. Yeah, uh, it was. It hurt so bad. It was mind blowing, and I and and also so to bad. hear everyone else that was like, uh, either hated the Patriots or even was rooting for the Patriots was like, oh, you guys fucked up, and, and like nobody. It's horrible. Very few people. It's not even. It's not even rub in your face, mean. It's, it's the kind of like, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry, sorry for your lab. Right. <laughs> I'm so sorry that died. I yeah. I hate the Patriots, and I'll tell you why I hate them extra. Mm-hmm. Um, one, they've left twice from Hinesville to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. That was back in the videotape days. I got oh, okay. Boston buddies who, who think none of that's real. They're just like, that's right up Isn't there. Isn't that crazy? Are they like well, Holocaust deniers? They're, 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 <laughs> that's, that's like right up there with the Kennedy assassination. Yeah. No, no, it wasn't three shooters. Yeah, yeah. But then say. they think Jurassic Park is real. Exactly. So, <laughs> but I'll tell you, I, I hate them especially because one of those AFC championships, I was working on a show called Yes, Dear. Mm-hmm. For a buddy of mine, Greg Garcia, who created that, who's, yeah. who's a mensch. This guy took good care of me when I had... Mike O'Malley show, yeah. Yeah, so Mike, me and O'Malley bet the AFC championship. Okay. I'm guest starring on his show, and I don't really understand how shit works, but I like him. We're getting along. Yeah. And he bets me for the AFC championship. Um, whoever loses has to wear what the other guy brings in. 
Okay, oh. here's a little lesson. Never make that bet with the guy who has access to the Warner Brothers costume oh. department. He dressed me in a full Patriots, like like the old 1800s, like with the rifle and oh, the bayonet. And, like the Minutemen. And the hat. Oh, like, my I had God. crew guys driving by. Hey, doing Captain Crunch? I'm like, yeah, fuck. <laughs> all day long and all through rehearsal like that. I still have never lived that down. Oh, God. I was just going to give him a lunch pail and a coal hat yeah. to wear. This guy had me dressed like, you know, George Washington all day. So I have a special place of hatred for them. Are you, uh, you're, so you're that diehard of A's. Yeah. Steelers? Yeah. Yes. I don't like celebrities that just go, oh, I'm just watching the game. Yeah. Well, you know, go home. So, so Tom, you're wasting yeah. somebody's ticket. Yeah. You should really be. So like when someone's Root sitting for your team, yeah, sitting courtside or in a press box, but they're there to promote a movie or something. You're like, why are you there? Just yeah, give that seat up unless you have a vested interest in the game, sure. or if you're gambling like the rest of us. I'll <laughs> 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 put some interest on a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. That'll keep you glued. But man, that's that- how you watch Tampa Bay versus Houston. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It but, really is those three game parlays and yeah, so, yeah. But you're right. But it, and it's the entire damn city of Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh Improv doesn't do Sunday shows. No, there's no point. There's no. They, if they, they lose. They you don't can't. Wanna, you don't even want to be down there if they lose. No. Yeah. The we're whole. The, we're the worst when you try to like. If you try to say there's something wrong with your secondary, like if you try to. T- <laughs> we're the worst because we'll engage that. We're like, yeah, yeah, you know what the problem is? You're like, oh, buddy, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I didn't oh. mean to that. Yeah. <laughs> You're just trying to like your make way. polite conversation. Like, what's got to happen? No, no, no. The goddamn safety ain't going over the top of fucking yeah. everything up. That might be true, okay, man. But can I, I got to go, bro. Can you put a little more uh, tomatoes on my sandwich? Uh, the um, Now, what's what's a worse crowd to, to uh, perform for? Uh, angry Steeler fans after a loss or angry men from that strip club that didn't get uh, off? Well, there wouldn't be a game if the Steelers. There wouldn't be a show if the Steelers lost. So, okay. Yeah. But I'm saying if say you did, angry, like angry men at the strip. Okay. Club, yeah. I have to say, yeah. Uh, have you gotten to uh, enjoy some cool perks of? Uh... I, uh, I I lay pretty low with the perks. I do. Uh, I will abuse it a little bit if I can for concert tickets or mm-hmm. sporting events. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like going on the yeah. like with the Steelers, we I got to been do, on the field. Yeah, and... I've, I've, I waved the terrible towel for oh, the crowd man. before the Jets playoff game, and I've done it there once a year since I've been on. What the was that game. like? Uh, man, it'd be like if you went to Seattle, you're down there on the field, and it's your job to fire the crowd up. And you're on the jumbo so, truck. Oh, yeah, that's so bad. So you're raising the You hear the rock and roll start, and you're the guy that twirl. And, they, and then when you hear 80,000 maniacs, when that noise showers down on you, and then your players are right behind you. <laughs> I mean, do you, there's no words. The for first that. time yeah, you did absolutely. it, were you thinking of being up in those stands, like watching the games, and like you're? I mean, the first time I did it, I thought I could run out on the field. It was about 30 degrees, and I <laughs> went out there without a, a jacket on because the linemen didn't have their. So you're like, I'm I'm here with so you, boys. I got nothing but a jersey, and I, and I met Kiesel and a few of the other guys, and. And then I flew back to Mike and Molly, and they had to cancel rehearsal because <laughs> I was sick and I had no voice. Oh, and they're like, maybe Bill doesn't get to go to the games in the season uh, yeah, anymore. Maybe yeah. he doesn't know how to stay indoors. And when you say that, that's when they play, was it Renegade? Renegade. They play yeah. that in the third quarter. That's the third quarter song for okay. the defense. Yeah. And it just makes the place go. Hey, uh, it's just the right amount of beer and anger. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mama. <laughs> Yeah. Dude, and and I'll I'll say from experience, uh, I'm a Denver Broncos fan, right. and I once saw the AFC title game. Um, it was when you guys went to Super Bowl uh, uh, against Seattle. You played Denver played in Denver. Denver. In Denver. Uh, that was Ben's coming out party. Yeah, yeah, I was I was at that game, uh, and game. man, 
the terrible towels were we out. We show up, dude. We you show do. Up. Yeah, we show up in every stadium. We show up in every It's stadium. annoying. Yeah, it is. No, I know. I know. Well, there's, in Cincinnati, the radio guys are always like pleading, please sure. don't sell your tickets to Steelers fans. Right. Because <laughs> we just show up and take a quarter of the stadium. Yeah, I think, uh, I think the Cowboys did that uh, for you guys as well. Yeah. I think they're like, just, okay, just don't. Don't give, you, give it to a relative. <laughs> give, it to, you know, give it to a homeless guy. Just don't let the Steelers fans in here. We do. We travel well. Yeah. You, travel, you, you travel very well. And it, it's such a cool thing to, like, be a part of that fan base, oh, and and then to, and then to be the actual fan. It's unbelievable, man. I I don't allow any other kind of fans in the house when the Steelers are on. Do you do that when you watch Seattle? Uh, yeah, you yeah. Let, you let other people in. Oh no, I, I won't. No, no. You no. gotta have your fan. Yeah, it's yeah. just. I and mean, Brad- I always say the gates <clears throat> open at, at one out here for everybody else. Yeah. The 10 a.m. game, don't come by. No. Because it's not, if we lose, it's your fault. Yeah. You're not a part of this. Don't well, do that. We're well, in our friendship. Yeah. Brad, Just Brad, come by at one, yeah. and then we're going to have some kabasa. It's going to be free. Yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. do that. Brad and I went to, the, the close I've come is we went to the Super Bowl, the Broncos, Hawks, yeah. uh, sat next two to years ago. And wow. because at the beginning of the you podcast. are tight. Yeah. yeah. We go, uh, we go if our teams go this is the beginning of the season like we have to go and there was no neither team was I think the Broncos were more picked than the Seahawks were yes. yep um, I think probably very heavily yeah so he was like I'm gonna go and then he and then he, you were even you, like were you just consoling him by, by the third quarter <laughs> Billy I <laughs> didn't know by the, by the end of the you first had, you had to have been weeping dude. Billy, oh, my, that, that hike would have killed me oh, Billy, that I, first <laughs> snap would have killed me I, I would have just went right to bed <laughs> good night after Percy good night. after Percy Harvin ran to start the half God and I see bragging choked up. I turn from fan to concerned friend. Yeah, that's Because A, saying. I'm like, yeah. A, a, my buddy's having a shitty time. <laughs> also, Billy, I'm, I don't know what happens if a dwarf cries at the Super Bowl. What, like, do we all turn to stone? We all like, get our wings. We all get our wings. <laughs> but it's so weird because, like, Pete, when that game happened and people call me up, they're like, what was it like to be there? It's like, well, have you ever spent a few thousand dollars to watch something you love get, like, Just die. A, die in front of you? <laughs> like, it's like, if, if, if you oh, knew your mom, what, if your mother was going to be in yeah. a fatal car accident, would you spend four thousand yeah. dollars uh, to sit the front row and watch it happen? Brutal, no, you wouldn't brutal. do that. Brutal. And I bet I bet Denver that year. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, I thought Manning had finally figured yeah, it out. Finally figured it out, but then that first snap goes over his head. You're like, nope. Yeah, I was watching. That. I was like, ah, we're not coming back from that. That's a Super Bowl. Oh, oh no. And then yeah, it, just, exactly. it, uh, it just kept happening over and over. Sport, sport, sports will do that, man. Dude, I love it. I love it, though. It's a great outlet. It's safe. You're in the house. You're cooking meat. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> you want your son to play football? No. No? No. 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 That's, a, that's a busted shoulder and a busted head. He's not a football guy. He's a baseball guy. Okay. He's like me. He's like 15 pounds overweight, mm-hmm. but he can hit the ball a ton. So he's a 6'7 hitter. Hit the ball right field wall. Oh yeah, single. There you go. Just drive the runners. You've Done. been a six seven hitter your whole life. You're I mean, play. I mean, play small ball. That's it. He's great, man. He looks like he looks like they. And his nickname on the team's the Bambino. He looks. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that's like Babe Ruth running the first base. It's just great. <laughs> I mean, does he smoke a cigar and no, eat yet. a hot dog yet, on the way to first? We're working on that. Working <laughs> on that. He's, he's awesome. I think he's going to end up. He's a little more of an artist than he is an athlete. Oh, okay. he loves art. Loves. Uh, he likes the performing arts. He likes mm-hmm. all that stuff. So. That's great. And then, and then, what a great situation where he has you as the dad. Yeah, where I, I tell him if you start though, you got to start at eighteen. 
You do all you yeah. want in school, but you got to start your career at 18, I think, you know, because I don't think it, you should manipulate a kid's emotions that early. That's just my personal choice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, it, it, it's like, like I said, like, it's great that you're not being like, no, you're playing baseball. You're nah, playing football. You it's like, it. no, you, cause you knew, cause you knew what a safe haven that place was for you. Exactly right. And I'm, I'm for, if you don't want to do it, it's just going to be torture anyway. There's certain yeah. things you have to push through math, science. <laughs> you got to do those. Right. Uh, but you know, if you want to do, if this is what you want to do, I'm all for it, man. Uh, this is the moment this is why i took oh. a selfie right after oh. percy harvin ran back that touchdown oh. and it's now 29 now you nothing. look a little devilish here adam you, you look like you're enjoying your friend's pain Billy, let me tell you this brad you you really are look brad has a look on his face like i wonder how quick i could get to the fucking car if i left right this yep. fuck oh. well you know you're having a bad oh. super bowl when when you're, brad you're snaring a little adam <laughs> Billy, nobody was picking the seahawks check on him. brad brad not only the conversations we had it was just like how not were we going to win it was how many points is Peyton what records is he going to say I, yeah. I drank that Kool-Aid I yeah. really did I thought Peyton Manning's going to have nine touchdowns and there's going to be I'm betting the overs I'm like right. this is, he's going to slaughter him yeah. it's the, it, that was like, the first half no completions alright yeah. maybe I'll pick it up in a second <laughs> okay. the, and, and, uh, it, it's, that, it's that losing mentality where you keep doing the math like okay well uh, it, 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 if we get a touchdown yeah. and then we uh, do a three and out yeah. and then we get another touchdown and then uh, and, should be no problem and then a <laughs> Pegasus comes down and uh, picks up Marshawn Lynch and drags him out of the stadium we might still be able to win this game I have to say uh, what's the what's the cornerback Sherman. Sherman Sherman he was devastating in that game that dude's a beast just a blank how about Cam Chancellor but more importantly was yeah. that line yeah he they you know we listen, got to him too much pressure at the end of the day at mm-hmm. the end of the day all mm-hmm. these pretty quarterbacks Brady Manning <laughs> mm-hmm. all of them mm-hmm. you put your hands on them you win the game yeah it's just that simple yeah if your guys up front rattle them early <laughs> there's not to make <laughs> hike nothing, over the forehead there's nothing more effective <laughs> Than making a quarterback who is used to not being hit feel unsafe. Yeah, right. That was always Lambert's thing. We need mm-hmm. to make him feel unsafe. God, what a <laughs> Now word. that's defense. Yeah. He needs to feel unsafe. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now that's a guy you want going out. Yeah, Jack Lambert. Uh, but that was the deal. That's yeah. the deal. And that, that's what they did. And, and, and that, can, he gets he gets flustered. Brady gets flustered. And that's why. He, Whenever you see and, these guys yelling at the, yeah. the refs, you know, and they yell right. at the refs, like, he got near me. <laughs> <laughs> Get him. Now, Ben worries me because he's too stupid the other way. Like ben <laughs> he is just nine guys just hitting the mic. Just stay up. Keep going deep. Yeah. Like, ben, just go down. Yeah. Go down. Go down, man. Because he worries me, you know? Here's how I know Brad had a bad Super Bowl. We walked out and I was like, Brad, what was your uh, favorite part of today? He goes, when I met Gail in line. <laughs> Gail from Oprah and Gail. Yeah. Like, of the Oprah and Gail fan. Yeah. I met Gail. She's super nice. Yeah, yeah. she was great. That, that was the highlight of the day. Buddy, you got to look for something, right? Oh. Good for you. For oh. holding on to a silver line. Yeah. It, it, it was. Day. Uh, meeting Gail and uh, walking into a gate and then watching the Reverend Jesse Jackson try to try to go into the same gate and then be denied. Oh. That was that was the best part of my day. Unbelievable. That was the other than that, pretty shitty day. It's like, what was your favorite part? Well, we got that soda. That was <laughs> The nachos were good. Yeah, yeah. The nachos were good. I think it was only $42 <laughs> for Super Bowl soda. They didn't put too much foam in my beer. That was yeah. good. Yeah, that's yeah. a plus. That's pretty solid. Less than half. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Billy, uh, I can't thank you enough Guys, for doing this, Guys, thanks for having this, me. Man. You have a good podcast. I appreciate you having me on. Dude, this is the best. Are you, uh, I mean, obviously Mike and Molly uh, plugged the... Mike and Molly, uh, yeah, we should do some business. Yeah. Right? yeah Mike yeah. and Molly is uh, uh, coming back for season six. We'll be back on around Thanksgiving because mm-hmm. our girl Melissa is doing back-to-back films. Yeah, She's yeah. going to do one with 
uh, I think it's Michelle Darnell, which her and her yep. husband wrote Incredible. and he's directed. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then Busters, and then and then Ghostbusters. Yeah. how great second. I mean, with it's, her guy Paul Fig. She's like that's like De Niro and Scorsese at a comedy world. Yeah. Fig and McCarthy. That's yeah, there. Really that's is a deal. And then I got a game show, which yep. is on Saturdays and Sundays, syndicated. The Monopoly Millionaires Club. You can mm-hmm. check that out. Shoots in Vegas. Be on tour doing some stand up and uh, well, the dates at BillyGardell.com. Catch me on a bot last night. Don't <laughs> Dude, come on. <laughs> wow, the only guy to plug himself on. On the podcast. podcast. By last night. Yeah. Coming up next. Uh, <laughs> wait, where uh, Millionaire? Uh, that, that we filmed that in Las Vegas about every six weeks, and we do six shows, and we give away a bunch of dough, and it's awesome. Yeah. Do you love hosting? Awesome. I love it, dude. Yeah. I love It's so easy. You seem like the ultimate host, because I feel like you're just, you're just this on stage, and That's you make it. people so comfortable. I do. I want them to win. It's not my money. I don't yeah. give a shit. I tell them. Like, yeah, it's like, it's like we're playing a casino. Get yeah. them. Yeah. Get them. Get them. Get them. Yeah. I want them to win. We've actually given away a million twice. Holy shit. Which oh. has been... How great was it to watch someone's life change right in front of you it's unbelievable they're online you can see the clips look up monopoly millionaires club millionaire winner Mm -hmm. one of them was a grandma the other was this guy that had his mom with him and he wanted to win some money and just to see that happens like yeah it's crazy and like and like you said it's syndicated so there's not necessarily one network no it's on a bunch of different networks out in los angeles we're ktla sundays at seven Okay. So that's about the only one I know. Uh, and then stand updates at BillyGardell.com. Yeah, the BillyGardell.com. I got a 17 year old who's running that, making sure it all works. Oh, yeah. Missiles <laughs> <laughs> from my site. I have no <laughs> Uh, well, thanks, man. Are you on Twitter? Thank you, guys. I am on Twitter. That's oh, yeah. the one I do. It's Good. at Billy go. Gardell. All right. Very original, right? Well, uh, hey, you got it. Yeah. Fo- uh, follow him and uh, talk shit about the Steelers during the season. Uh, you'll get in the, you'll get blocked. <laughs> I'll block you right out. I have no problem with the block. <laughs> Done. You're an asshole. You're gone. <laughs> Coach wants to see you. Bring your playbook. This has been the Billy Gardell School of Self-Help. <laughs> Thanks, Billy. Thanks, Thanks Billy. guys. So, that's the show. subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast, give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also, get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Jaleel White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessime Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? <laughs> nice. 
you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger, Schleichinger, I've been friends with her for 10 years, one of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore because it's here and it's funny. And I love you.